Welcome to The Wave, where we discuss the wave of AI adoption as it happens with some of the industry's leading experts. Like, subscribe, and share to join the discussion about the future of AI. Hey everyone, this is Patrick with Charlie AI, the presenting sponsor of the Wave podcast, where we talk about the influence of AI in the enterprise and the wave of change that the adoption of AI is bringing to the way we do business and the way we live our lives. This episode is between Joel Emery, the Chief Product Officer of Charlie AI, and Joe Shapani, the uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Charlie AI. This was before I became more involved in the uh, production of this podcast. And without further ado, I'm going to really just uh, cut right over to Joe and Joel's conversation talking about AI, um, as well as a couple specific points in time in the world of AI and in the world of enterprise uh, technology adoption, honestly, from earlier this year. So without further ado, I'm cutting right over to Joe and Joel. All right. Good morning. How are you, Joel? Good morning, Joe. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good morning to everyone that's listening or, or watching today. Second iteration of this and uh, uh, going to be a different one than the first one. We were kind of wide ranging in that last conversation. Um, Joel and I wanted to explore a very specific set of events that occurred this week that I think provides an interesting backdrop to a discussion about human AI interface. Um, and we're talking about a particular project that both Joel and Kevin undertook separately. Um, so Joel, do you mind just giving us some some perspective on what's taking place this week and, and how you think that that fits into the, the larger public domain conversation? Absolutely. So as we try to deploy AI, as we've seen a lot of public facing capabilities have been uh, recently released. We know that uh, different people will have different experiences with AI. It's it's a very, very important point for the adoption of these new technologies. So what has happened uh, this week at Charlie, which is uh, uh, both an anecdote, but also such a critical underlying meaning to that story, is that our CEO, Kevin Collins, and myself, we engaged with a customer and we wanted to apply Charlie to generate a report for a very important market research that that customer was interested in. And so both of us uh, went on our own direction, did our research, got Charlie involved, and got completely different results which actually is a good thing because that tells us that our platform is able to think, our platform is able to make some decisions based on the inputs that are provided. All of us are different. All of us have different vision. All of us have different agendas, goals, objectives. And that, as you engage with um, uh, an AI product, that will shine through. Mm. Um, so that that's that's what happened this week, and now I, I that would be great to talk about how how does that play, why it happens, and what does it mean for AI adoption as a whole. Nice. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this from my lens just for a moment, 
So I'm a chemical engineer, as people may or may not know, and, and got involved in advanced process control very early in my career, like one year out of college, I was doing APC. And APC is literally the definition of a black box. It is a physically black box that gets deployed into a control center that's changing the way that the logic works. At the end of the day, it's a rules engine that is kind of making decisions on a set of static rules that are driven by a person, in this case, sometimes me, kind of giving it what it needs to do. This was an, like very much considered AI in its, in its early incarnations um, and, and began around the same time that AI was starting in the zeitgeist in general. And now you know, we've, we've taken a whole bunch of slices since then, but I wanna unpack this idea of people thinking about AI like a black box, like something I'm not talking to, I'm giving it rules, I'm giving it operators to go do something. And they're not treating it like an intelligent life form, they're treating it like an advanced process controller, something that just does a little bit more than your computer does. Un like unpack your own story of that and, and then maybe if you can apply, if you think it fits, how, how that's different in today's world with, with this story. Absolutely, so AI can be a black box. Uh, at Charlie AI, we believe that it shouldn't be. And here's why. AI is, it is intelligent. It is going to make its own decisions. It is going to use its own knowledge and background to come up with uh, with results. So when we, if somebody hires an employee on their teams, how would you feel if you would tell that employee day one, this is your job. When I give you these requests, this is what I want you to do. And you never ever talk to that employee again. All you see is the results showing up on your desk. Um, I don't think we would like that very much. Right, right. Yet, because it's technology and maybe because people have been used to early versions, early iterations of automation, mm. which are 100% predictable, 100% deterministic, maybe that's what has shaped all of us and users and customers to think that AI is going to be the same. And therefore, you just ask AI something and it's a black box and something comes out. Just like you do a search on Google and the results come out. Yeah, yeah. AI is different. AI is different because AI needs interaction. AI needs sometimes some uh, confirmation, some inputs. That's the only way AI will learn based on your own topics, uh, based on your own agenda. And so that's why it's extremely important in our mind to have that open books on the, the interaction between AI and, and the user. And that interaction has to be meaningful. It has to be valuable. It has to be fun. And that is one of the crucial points that companies and enterprise face as disruptive technology are being deployed. Something really stuck in my craw, as you were saying, and that was, I'm going to say it a very different way than you did to be a little bit more provocative and give you a chance to like shoot me down here. But what I heard was interacting with AI 
being more frustrating than what you're used to with an automation system or, or other kind of deterministic systems. And we probably should unpack that word a little bit. But doing, like having a, uh, an experience that's more like talking to a child than talking to a system that spits out a result is actually proof of the AI being more sophisticated. Like we should be experiencing a harder system to use because it has a broader set of like, just explain why I'm hearing that and why you believe that. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a level of maturity. You talk about uh, interacting with a child. Uh, interacting with a child is definitely uh, extremely engaging, and there's a lot we can learn from children. Yeah. I, I I I have children. I know you do as well. Um, so it's you're a it's a, a level. Going to be bad, right? <laughs> if you're not engaged in your conversation with your kids, that's bad. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And so I think the first the first thing is what are the expectations mm. if you have expectations that you talk to a six-year-old child and you expect that that person's going to advise you on your next real estate purchase um, even though that six-year-old child is extremely intelligent they won't have the tools to help you yes and so expectation is extremely important with ai AI is not going to be able to solve all the problems for you. It's not because it's a very sophisticated technology that it will apply to everything. And so having a black box concept, again, I, I love the analogy with the, 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 the children because you can, if you just uh, ask your, uh, your six-year-old, should I buy this property, yes or no? You'll get an answer. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> okay, so let's let's lever off that, right? I've used I've used ChatGPT quite a bit. I've used Dali some. I haven't broken out my credit card for either. And I know lots of people have. I'm curious. Let's now pivot that into. Uh, for me, the thing about Dali and ChatGPT is indeed the user interface. It does feel very easy to use, and it doesn't feel like I need to understand how to use it all that well in order to be able to use it effectively. Unpack how things are different in your worldview. And, and of course, this, this has a play into why we built Charlie the way that we did, but unpack it as, as uh, unbiased as you possibly can as to why they're able to do that and what they're giving up to do that. Absolutely. Well, the, um, uh, there's always, there's always um, uh, opposite forces into any any concepts uh, here if you want to have a very simple interface uh, that's definitely that can be used by many different people it has to tick some of the boxes that i mentioned earlier which is has to be fun has to be engaging has to be entertaining and certainly uh, chat gpt has ticked all of these boxes right yeah. it's extremely yeah. fun to see what those those answers how it can come up very quickly how you can have uh, uh, and with DALI as well, the, you can have images that, that are constructed right in front of you and, and ex with exactly what you asked that image to look like. It's very impressive. Um, yeah. Now, how can that be applied? So back to the expectation. How can that be applied to a, a very deep, uh, a very complex problem 
uh, very high value uh, problem that needs to be resolved, let's say in a financial services company, which needs to be fact-based, which needs to have a lot more uh, capabilities. And I'll, I'll touch on it very, very, very quickly on that. But in that case, the way we built Charlie is, is focused on these capabilities. If you look at the way you have an appliance in your kitchen versus you have an appliance in an industrial uh, factory, those are the type of differences, right? The one in the in the kitchen needs to be extremely easy to interact, easy to, to know what you do with, you need to do with. The one in the factory is going to have different requirements. It's going to need to have yield. Uh, it's going to need to be uh, uh, re uh, reliable. It's going to need to be maintainable. And all of these elements going to make that the, the finished product is going to look very, very different. It still has to be uh, usable. It still has to be very intuitive. All these elements are still very important. They're just going to show up slightly differently because for generative AI for financial services compared to general public that is just playing with generative AI, the, the difference is that a number of very sophisticated pieces need to come together. We talk about fact checking. Fact yeah. checking does not happen uh, just with one model. Fact checking is going to need multiple dozens of models. In in some cases, hundreds of models that are going to need to make decisions based on certain situations and um, and vote on what the course of action should be and and how factual an outcome is and just like anything in society you have to make sure that all these models they're all actors that need to play together all the bias needs to be resolved and so that's where the focus is at charlie so you can see that the depth of what is being built and what is being presented is a completely different problem to be solved none of these issues in terms of fact-based in terms of biases, in terms of reliability, none of that is present in, in ChatGPT. And the entire focus on ChatGPT is the entertainment value, the, um, uh, the quick response, the, the quick gratification, whereas for Charlie, it's going to take a lot more time to go and do all, perform all the tasks that are required to deliver a fact-based output. Hmm. Um. Man, like the kitchen appliance, industrial appliance slaps for me. That I I hear you loud and clear. That was a, a perfect explanation. And if we take that metaphor a little further, if you're going to be working in an industrial environment, you need to be trained on industrial machinery. If if you know you are the widget stamper, you need to understand what the lever does. You understand where not to put your hands. You need to kind of get this and so to bring us back to center on what happened with you and Kevin separately exploring the same thing let's use that same metaphor explain how you two use the same machine to get a different result can you just tell us about how that happened yeah actually that's a, that's a that's a great point because um uh, Kevin wanted to use Charlie to make sure that all the power of Charlie was going to be visible. All the, the, the depth and complexities could be leveraged 
and would would create a uh, an outcome that was representative of the complexity and 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 uh, and and intricacy and 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 power of of our platform. Same machine. So now Kevin had access to all the levers he needed to get access to to get to that outcome. He was From my point of, was a person playing a violin in the symphony symphony orchestra, right? He was first chair. He knew yeah. every little piece of the tool he was working with, and he used every piece of it. Absolutely, and he had rehearsed that piece for weeks on end to make okay. sure that he was at its prime to deliver that performance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, on my side, I have different goals and objectives for that machinery in the industrial setting. Mm. My objective was to make sure that the maintenance crew knows how to maintain the machine. I wanted to make sure that um, uh, people that uh, have had, we wanted, if we want to decrease the amount of investment required to train people that can run the machinery, I wanted to understand that. And so the way I I dealt with this, this report was to put myself in the shoes of a customer that has not been trained yet, that has not been seen that machinery, and and to see what some of the uh, limitations uh, uh, might be. And so I spent quite a bit of time using the same uh, livers, using the same uh, capabilities, but knowing the the heart of of the product, I I wanted to make sure that these uh, these elements were uh, identified to continue to make that heavy machinery uh, a lot more accessible to a larger amount of uh, of people. And so the the important part here is that depending on what you want to do with different uh with, with same equipment uh or in, in this case the same tool but you have different objectives you can actually do that so my my output was uh less deep uh it was broader it was still exactly what i wanted to be but i'm a different person and so customers ask us very often if i want to compete and I use a, an AI platform, how can I, uh, is, and everybody else is going to have the access to the same tool, am I going to be able to compete and be different? And the answer is yes. And that internal story this week proves it, that we get completely different results with two people, both Kevin and I are very, very familiar with the details of the products, and yet got completely different results. Fascinating, man. Um... Let me ask this because I think it'll help anyone that's watching or listening to this. Are we at liberty to talk about this? It's a fascinating use case. And the fact that we found the needle is insane to me. Can we share what it is generally? Uh, I'm not sure what, what you're referring to. The exact use case, like what the search was. I can't imagine it matters terribly. Oh, no, absolutely. So the, yeah, the search was, uh, uh, lithium battery. Right. Let me. I'm going to do my best to unpack this because I was. I'm neither of you. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't involve myself in this. Um, so what I understood is there was a belief by a customer that there's child labor in the value chain to produce 
EV batteries. And so there's this hypothesis, if we think about the scientific method, there's this hypothesis at a very high level that there's in this value chain, child labor exists. And there was a couple of little pieces that they gave us as breadcrumbs, but very little, like not a company, not a location, none of this. And so what Kevin did, if I can, I'm, I'm doing my best to explain it and you correct me. Yeah. Kevin knew what he was looking for. So he was trying to find the needle. And so whatever he put in, and he probably spent a lot of time building a, a big log of how he was going to talk to Charlie, all the tags and things he wanted to think about and iterated specifically searching for this, which was mind boggling because he found child labor in the cobalt piece of this very long value chain of mining and refining and all these steps. He found it in yep. Africa. Insane. Um, the fact that we were able to do that truly boggles my mind. You, on the other hand, kind of took only the breadcrumbs that were given and saw if it could find it anyways. And we found that it could not. To me, this is the sort of thing that really gets to the heart of the matter of like, if you know what you're looking for, there's a different work process than if you don't know what you're looking for. I want to abstract that. So first of all, validate this, but then if you could comment on how you see that manifesting for folks like equities analysts that are frankly turning a crank over and over. There's plenty of sophistication in what they do, but the corpus of work is like 99.9% .9 stuff that's already, that they've already built because they've been issuing these every quarter for years and years. And then that last little bit, like what, how should they use the product? So first, yeah, that's a that's a really great point, and I, I I love that analogy of of the needle in the haystack because this is truly what it is. And in order to to find that needle, you're absolutely right. You need to be extremely focused on what fact you're trying to uncover. Now, in the case of what uh, what Kevin's uh, research uh, yielded as as results, um, you, first of all, you can imagine that. Uh, Kevin's the CEO of Charlie AI. Right. He's a busy guy. Okay. Yeah. And so when we talk about uh, uh, Kevin and I worked on a on on a on a on a report on a project, uh, I, I want also double you know uh, re re uh, restate for for the audience that these are just quick. Hey Charlie, go look for that. Hey Charlie, look, go look for this. It does take time for Charlie to go and gather this information. But it comes back and does it all on its own, and then we can do a couple more more iterations. But time-wise, it doesn't take us much time. It just takes calendar time a little bit to get to get to that that results. But in the case of Kevin, knowing what he was looking for, he went and every single time Charlie came back with a number of information, it would direct Charlie to go and and read hundreds more articles to go find something else. And when Charlie came back and said, I want you to go read another hundred articles and come back and tell me what 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 you you found. And all of that, all Kevin did was just to keep pointing, keep pointing in one more direction. Yeah. Just slightly more. And and all the gathering, all of the management of that information, it's all done by Charlie. And so from that point on, he kept drilling and he kept going into down the path of Oh, maybe certain companies are not involved directly with that issue, but there are issues that are related and there, there are links 
that you will never find on the internet. You can't just do a search and find what, what Kevin uncovered with, with Charlie. The only way you will get that kind of results is by reading hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content, which takes weeks, in some cases months. And, yeah. and Kevin was able to do that in a, in a matter of hours. It was probably so, an hour or less of in-seat time for Kevin. Oh, yeah. Just to, for every, the audience, if you aren't working at Charlie, probably 15, 20 minutes per search, and he probably did four or five. And so he spent time thinking about it, maybe 15 to 30 minutes up front, then five minutes at a crack to, to tighten it and tighten it and tighten it. Total time, very low. But yeah, yeah so I, I get and my my approach was very different. I I did not go as deep with the the way I pointed Charlie. I was simply telling Charlie, "Oh, you got that? I I think there's more. Can you go get more? Can you go get more? Can you go get more?" And at the end, I saw that this was not as as good of a of an approach. And what that comes down to is, if somebody is trying to adopt a disruptive technology like uh, like AI to automate their 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 day to day or their projects, if you do have if you're armed with the right knowledge, this will create unbelievable results. This will yield unbelievable returns. If you don't have that knowledge, then there will be a big disappointment. By the way, the same goes with ChatGPT. ChatGPT can be used for amazing things today that are hugely valuable. But if you just go and look at it for entertainment value, you're going to miss the point. Mm. I think that's a great place to end here today. Um, we'll pick up. In fact, let me just reiterate this question. Abstract what you're talking about to how an equities analyst would use it. Needle and haystack versus broad and how that changes. If you can, just in a couple of minutes, how do you see that use in that field so for for an, an investment analyst it's going to be the the parallel is that that knowledge of what needs to be uncovered the analyst has it what they simply missing with tools available is how do they link what they know what they want to go and cover and so that they have their 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 hands and legs to go and do the work for them, right? Uh, and so for an investment analyst, it's really about um, they they understand where the data is roughly. They understand um, what they're looking for. Um, they just they just want to get to the result as quickly as possible. And having the ability to know what is where is the starting point. How how does uh, Char what does Charlie need to know first to have the right starting scope to then starting to drill? I think that's that's the critical element. If you start looking in the wrong place and you start drilling, it's uh, it's you're not going to find what uh, right. what you're oh. missing. Yeah. yeah, interesting. I'm I'm just going to volunteer my opinion real quick as well. My point of view is, you know, equities analysts they're producing reports that people pay large sums of money for, oftentimes six-figure annual subscriptions. So this is much further than just your armchair trader. Um, and they're trying to make these decisions and these analyses against a tremendous amount of information. You know, They'll go and watch trucks leaving to ship goods and stuff like that. They do some pretty crazy stuff. My thinking of AI, and this is 
maybe a little bold. I think they're going to start finding things they literally couldn't find. Like the child labor in cobalt mines. Sure, if you happen to have that specific piece of information, you would have been able to say that off the top of your head. But as a person that knew nothing of that value chain and found it in a matter of an hour, I would I would have given up. The amount of things he would have needed to read to find that would have been too much for me personally to ever go find that. And in the world we live in now of calendars and meetings and all that stuff, these analysts, there can't possibly be enough time to sequester and produce a thesis, the level of research uh, on every on every iteration. And so my hope is we unlock whole new areas of uh, analysis and 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 ability to to get some more foresight that has meaningful alpha for banks. Like there will be real advantages, durable advantages for banks that that use AI well, Charlie or otherwise. Absolutely, and it's uh, it's it's really all about the time available to do that research. And uh, and you're right. There's there are a lot of things that analysts will will physically not be able to to uncover and when they do uncover it it's going to be inconsistent which increases bias and 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 other risks uh into their analysis so i I totally agree with that great point great chatting with you keep doing this hopefully we'll get better every time thanks joel absolutely thank you joe cheers cheers